It's time for the Brew and Shavers Sports Podcast. Coming at you every week to talk all the things that make us love sports. The games, the rivalries, and of course, the personalities. The Mart. I almost said the March man. I'm, like, I'm, I'm going to go to the Walmart. Uh, I like indefinite articles, okay? <laughs> Can we just start over? Absolutely. Hey everybody, welcome back to episode one, season three of the Brew and Shaver Sports Podcast. I'm joined here with my co-host, Darren Shavers. Darren, great to see you. You had a good summer? I, I did. I have. How about you? You had a good summer? Man, it's been a great, great summer. It, it's it's hot though right now. Yes. What did they, I think I saw on our local news, you know, check local listings, but I saw on our local news here in Northwest Louisiana that I think every day this week our heat index will be 113 plus. Is that correct? And this is why the Southeastern Conference is the dominant football conference. Because <laughs> this you, is your prep time. <laughs> when you're practicing in these conditions, what is actually going to stop you other than the bitter cold? And that's that's the Achilles heel right there for <laughs> every exactly. SEC team. Don't send us up north in January. Please don't. Do not make us go to Michigan, please. <laughs> Well, there's been a lot going on, and if you're watching or listening right now, because you can do both here in That's Season right. 3, we now have a YouTube channel. You can subscribe to it at Brew and Shaver Sports, so please uh, uh, subscribe to that channel. As always, all of our other social media is up and running, and if you prefer to listen to the podcast, you can still listen on all your favorite podcast platforms. So Absolutely. thank you for continuing with us as we move into, into Season 3. There may be some glitches as we do this because, frankly, we have no budget for, for IT. Dar <laughs> Darren is our IT guy. And so uh, bear with us as we as we work this out. If you are a proficient IT person and say, hey, man, I love the show and I want to help you guys out, we'd love to have your feedback. Because we know right now the virtual background, every time we move, there's little <laughs> funny images that come up. And, and um, I don't have a left ear. Now yeah, I do. It's, now I it's, don't. Oh, it's right? gone. It's gone. I look like I have a bubble behind my head. So exactly. But we'll work all of these things out. So thank you again for joining us. And Darren, let's just jump right into um, what we've been talking about, and that is some takeaways that you and I both have since our last podcast. Yes. Yes. And so I'll start with you, Darren. What What is something that has happened since then that is really on your mind that? that you want to, you want to talk about? Well, you know, the SEC media days is one of the first things that pops into my mind. It's so incredible, so much fun. It, the, the quotes, the, there are a thousand quotes a minute, it seems like. Uh, and, and of course you can't, you gotta have to, you have to at least stop for just a second and say, you definitely could feel the absence of Mike Leach at media days this year. Uh, you know, it just, there were so many moments in the, in the years that he was there, uh, you know, come out talking about football and then end up talking about what his favorite Netflix shows. You know, all the coaches gave us plenty of quotes this year, but there was still nothing like that. There weren't those moments. So so you, you, you couldn't help but notice that and, and, and have a little bit of sadness uh, realizing that that was the case, that he wasn't uh, going to be there and be a part of it this year. But the other thing that really stood out at me, other than the typical coach speak and, and and all the quotes that come out, especially like Elaine Kiffin, somebody like that, was the fact that they were in Nashville this year. Uh, 
And, you know, used to up until a couple of years ago, they were always in Hoover, no matter what. Uh, then they moved it to Atlanta. I didn't believe that was last year into Nashville this year. Next year, the 2024 media days will be in uh, Dallas, you know, welcome, welcoming Texas and Oklahoma. I think that's incredible because that's a great opportunity to fans for, to get some real interaction. You know, they always do something big, just like they do the SEC championship uh, with, with it in Atlanta every year, but they always have, you know, fan interaction, stuff like that. They're starting to do more of that with the SEC media days. So that was really fun to say, to see. Now, that being said, I don't want this to start to spread to things like the baseball SEC championship. That's always in Hoover. That is untouchable. Leave that alone, SEC. We we will have words. Furniture might move if you try to move <laughs> the SEC baseball championship. Want that to stay in Hoover no matter what. Um, you know, if they started to move the SEC football championship around a little bit, yeah, might not hurt my feelings that it wasn't in Atlanta. You know, we've got places like New Orleans. Just saying, uh, where Nashville is in the process of building a billion dollar dome dallas will be an option now that there's texas and oklahoma so that might not hurt my feelings completely but baseball specifically leave it alone love to see the sec media days that's one of the first things that jumped out at me how about you so we all have a a line that we won't cross we're, we're some change we can digest other change absolutely not and speaking of change darren i'm looking at this helmet behind me it's way bigger than my head it looks like those <laughs> Helmets the guys are wearing at NFL training camps now. Have you seen those? You are protected against concussions. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are some more takeaways I want to get to, but before we get into that, we've got some news to talk about, Darren. Yes. And so uh, I definitely, I'm so glad you hit on SEC Media Days because that that's such a big, important day. And like you said, it's so incredibly entertaining to read the quotes. Yes. And, and that's, very a, that's, much a, so. that's a big event every year for the SEC. Yeah. But some coaching news that we want to talk about outside of the SEC. What a mess up at Northwestern. Uh, oh, goodness gracious. We haven't, of course, we haven't been uh, airing new episodes since that started, and I'm, I'm sure there's more to unfold. But Northwestern is taking steps to try to, to get back on to some solid footing. And one of those steps mm -hmm. is the hiring of Skip Holtz as an assistant to the head coach. Uh, Skip Holtz will continue to coach uh, in the USFL, the Birmingham franchise. And Darren, he's he's one of your favorite coaches. So what do you think about this move? Well, I am never going to be opposed to anything that involves Skip Holtz having the opportunity to improve a program. Uh, you, you know, I, I, I'm guessing from their perspective, it probably looked and felt like a, a, a good PR move uh, because he uh, – he has always been known as having a clean program uh, so he can come back. Somebody that's coming from the outside looking in can propose change, do some things differently. Uh, so it's, it's not only a smart PR move, but you know, you and I have been fans of him for years and have watched the things he's done being so close to, you know, when he was just down the road in in Ruston at Louisiana tech. So, so it's not just a PR move. I, I think it's a smart move. Uh, that that he will in fact uh, be able to uh, institute some changes, make some things do, make some things different, do some things, uh, make some improvements uh, to the things he's known for, and then that's just from a program perspective. And then obviously, and we'll talk about this a little bit later from the USFL perspective, but obviously he's going to be able to help with some football stuff as well, not just not just the program, but with football as well. 
Any possibility that this is an extended interview process to, to gauge whether or not Northwestern has interest in Holtz and whether or not Holtz has interest in returning to college football? I don't see why it wouldn't be um, because how do you not have interest in him? You know, especially if you get to know him better as, as they, as they will, you know, I I can see that being a a definite positive. Uh, But when you look at where Louisiana tech was, when he took over, uh, even though they weren't the dumpsters by any means, but they were not, he definitely elevated that program and then look at what he's done with the USFL for his first two years. I don't know how you don't have interest in him. Yeah, he's he's certainly a great coach. So we yep. will be watching that situation unfold this year up in Northwestern. Some other news, uh, another huge mess, and this one's on the West Coast, and it involves the Pac-12. <laughs> yes. Now, we got more to say about this, but the big domino that most recently happened was Colorado leaving the Pac-12 to return to the Big 12. And, and frankly, Darren, I'm not sure Colorado ever should have left the Big no. 12. It, it's kind of like Nebraska leaving. Right. You know, people get their get the, you know, OU in Texas getting all the attention. They're like, we're going to go to greener pastures. And then they leave, find out it's not greener pastures. I mean, come on. Is there, is there any worse fit as far as a team in a conference than Nebraska in the big 10? It's, it's been a disaster. It needs, the big 10 needs to pay Nebraska to go somewhere else. Yeah. Someplace that's a better fit. Uh, They need need to get Nebraska back to the Big 12 and pull Missouri out of the SEC. I think Missouri would be a better fit for for the the Big 10. And and so my my AC guy is a Nebraska fan, and I don't mean any disrespect to Nebraska. I'm just saying it's a bad, bad fit. Absolutely. Uh, Nebraska never should have left the Big 12. Now, Colorado's coming back. This is also as part of the transition with Deion Sanders taking the job. Uh, what are you reading into this for Colorado in the Big 12 and for the Pac-12? Well, I, I think for the Pac-12, it, it's just another really, really uh, unfortunate piece of the puzzle that they were hoping to avoid. They were hoping when they got the puzzle put together that it would say expanded conference, uh, great TV rights, you know, growing conference in spite of the issues with UCLA and USC. And as they keep putting the puzzles together, I think it's 180 degrees the opposite of, of what they thought it was going to be. I, I will say this from the Pac-12 perspective, as the Big 12 looked to expand, that was kind of a no-brainer. You know, I think that was an immediate piece. You know, we even talked about it uh, in, in previous episodes that uh, Colorado – uh, you know, all of those teams got kind of right there together uh, at Utah, that, that those were kind of teams that made sense looking at it from a Big 12 perspective. So I, I will say that from the Pac-12's point of view that uh, you kind of saw it coming. But at the same time, the real issue is you've lost another team and, and you can't there's nothing about that that's positive. There's nothing about that that says that you're moving forward, that you've got things where you want them, uh, that you're positioning yourself to be able to move forward. Uh, absolutely none of that is being said in this move for the, the Pac-12 or move away from the Pac-12 for the Colorado. And and it really is an, an issue for them. Uh, you know, what's the the uh, rats off the sinking ship? I, I think I, I think they're going to have to be honest and really look at 
what this means and how they, if they can recover or how they can recover from it. I, I don't think there's anything positive from the PAC 12 perspective from the Colorado. You couldn't have gotten a much better move. It, it's a better fit from the word go. It's a move that should have never been made. Now that you've got the, the prime time effect, you know, you have something to bring to the table that says you need us. And so the Big 12 was willing to, to, to jump onto that uh, or, or make that move and, and let that happen. So I, I don't see anything but positive for Colorado. The Big 12 is going to be, uh, yes, they're losing Texas and Oklahoma, and there's not a whole lot of positive that comes from that. But, man, they've done things. When you look at them versus the, the Pac-12, man, they've done things the right way and grown and expanded uh, and, and brought teams that have media attention and are good football teams. Yeah, and with their pursuit, the Big 12's pursuit of Arizona, that would be such a huge pickup for them. Uh, Arizona basketball has always been a powerhouse, but the football is turning around. For the first time ever in football history at Arizona, they have a commitment from the number one offensive player and the number one defensive player in the state. It's never happened before. So good things seem to be coming for Arizona football. Yep. That seems to me to be the final piece of the Big 12 puzzle. That would also be a huge blow to the Pac-12. But what are they talking about? What did I hear today about the Pac-12? They're they're looking at Boise State. They're looking at San Diego State. Really? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah, that's just not. Uh, San Diego State, I don't even know if that's a regional uh, program. Um, no. Boise State, their best days seem to be behind them. Very much behind them. So uh, the, we'll the Boise State to the Pac-12 move would have been a great move for the Pac-12 uh, 10 to 15 years ago, 10 yeah. years ago, it, not, not today. Now, in the next 48 hours, the Pac-12 commissioner is supposed to be sharing a media rights deal with all the teams. Any, What mm. are you hearing about this, Darren? What, what should we look for? Uh, you know, there's so much conversation about it because nobody – People don't know who's who's going to have interest. That's the real issue. Uh, there's there's conversation that it uh, might be seen as a groundbreaking deal that involves a ton of streaming. Uh, it, but at the same time, there's a lot of conversation about it just might be a humdrum. Who can we get to play ball that has unimpressive numbers? Uh, that does not really have a pool of any great media partners. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out because people are people are really dumbfounded in 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 the idea that there might be a large media partner that has interest in it because what do you really I mean what are you buying into? Mm-hmm. I mean there's no USC yeah. there's no UCLA there's no Colorado with with the Dion there's no Utah. What do you buy? I mean, you really are buying into, we believe that Oregon and Washington are going to stick around. And I don't think anybody knows the answer to that. No, no. Now I have, I have heard two rumors about possible mm-hmm. landing places as far as TV deals. The first one is PAC 12, uh, to comedy central. <laughs> <laughs> the second one Pac-12 to the Hallmark Channel, but I don't see that one happening because all no. the shows on Hallmark have a happy ending. <laughs> there is no happy ending. Oh. And that roast guy is going to be do, do all the play-by-play for the games on Comedy Central. What's that? <laughs> Jeff, whatever. 
the the Pac-12 is so far behind the rest of the college football landscape, and it, it's coming back to haunt them. Yeah, and I absolutely. still I still do not see any urgency from them here. It, it's the no. most mind boggling thing that I've seen. Yeah. It's it's almost like they they could care less, and maybe they should focus all their money on lacrosse and soccer and just not worry about college football. I don't know. And, and, you know, truthfully, I think that mindset is is very much there. And that's the reason you see the teams leaving that are leaving. Because, you know, when you've got when you've got somebody like a UCLA that has been at different times when it comes to baseball, basketball and football, one of the, the one of the preeminent schools and their athletic department is negative, is in the red every single year because there is so much pull on those non the, the enormous amount of of non uh, what's the non-revenue sports that that those that Pac-12 focuses on it, it becomes a, a, a move that they really have to kind of think about and look at because that doesn't exist in the other conferences. So I think that definitely that mindset definitely has something to do with it for sure. We will be waiting to see the TV deal that is unveiled yes. and what yes. happens to the PAC 12, what other dominoes fall. And we will keep you posted on all that late breaking news as it becomes available. But yes. before we go into more of our takeaways from this summer, let's pause for this week in sports history. August 3rd, 1936, the Olympic 100-meter final takes place in Berlin, Germany. Jesse Owens wins the event and captures the gold. Owens was an African-American track and field athlete who had already set three world records and tied another at the 1935 Big Ten Championships. He qualified for the 1936 Olympics, which were held in Nazi Germany. Owens faced stiff competition from his American teammate, Ralph Metcalf, who was also his college friend, and the German sprinters who were favored by the German crowd. Owens ran a superb race clocking 10.3 seconds and beating Metcalf by a tenth of a second. He became the first American to win the Olympic 100 meters since 1924 and the first black athlete to do so. Owens went on to win three more gold medals in the 200 meter long jump and 4 by 100 meter relay, becoming the most successful athlete of the Games. He is widely regarded as one of the greatest Olympians of all time. Oh, thank you. It's coming soon. And when you're yeah. going through a massive heat wave like we are, you need something to look forward to. And football That's is right. on the horizon. So we're excited about that. I love that. I love that this week in sports history, Jesse Owens. That, that's just an incredible story that never, ever gets old. Yeah, that's exactly right. It, it really is an amazing story, uh, especially during the time frame it was in and, and, and the athletic. Uh, just absolute superiority that he, that he exhibited in a way that, that had not really been seen in, in that modern era, or in that era. It's really an incredible story. Yeah, absolutely fabulous. Well, let's get back to our takeaways from our summer break. And Darren, you shared your, your one of yours, which was SEC Media Days. And, and the top one for me had to be the LSU men's baseball team winning the College World Series in Omaha, their seventh title as a program 
And what an incredible three-game series with Florida. LSU won the first game, got blown out by Florida in yep. the second game, and then their bats just came alive. Great pitching. All came together to bring home that seventh national title. What what a fun season, at least for LSU fans, to watch uh, their, their baseball team uh, win in Omaha. Yeah, that was really incredible. And and to have the, the characters that they had that were a part of it, the, the just absolute in, incredible talent that was displayed on the field every time they stepped on the field uh, with Cruz and Skeens and, and, and so many of those guys. It really was absolutely amazing. Darren, what was another takeaway from this summer break of the podcast? Well, you know, we talked about it a little bit when we were going through our headlines and, and, and just looking at some different news events. The whole Colorado and Pac-12, from the move from the Pac-12 to the Big 12, to me, the big thing that says is realignment's not over. Uh, obviously, we talked about the issues that the Pac-12 is having. You know, the ACC is going to have to do something or they're going to follow the path of, of the, the Pac-12 and end up with, you know, just two super conferences, you know, being the Big Ten and the SEC or, or three conferences, Big Ten, SEC and Big 12. So there, there's some movement that's going to have to be made. Uh, and, and this just, you know, we had a good pause for a while, didn't have a whole lot of action not a whole lot of movement, and then all of a sudden you've got a, a domino like this that falls. I think it just tells us, uh, even though there, it, we may see some pauses because media rights deals are, are being settled and stuff like that, it, it's not over. Uh, there's still some movement and some activity that's going to be take place with some teams and some dominoes that maybe we still don't know anything about or aren't really going to be surprised when they fall. Speaking of surprises, this is my second takeaway from the break. As a Pittsburgh Pirates fan, I understand what hardship and suffering in years of non-relevance, <laughs> irrelevance mean <laughs> for a franchise. The Pirates started off as one of the hottest teams in Major League Baseball. They have since bottomed out, basically played themselves out of contention. So when the draft came around... I was sitting on the edge of my seat because I thought about all the horrible decisions that management has made over the years. And here they're looking at Paul Skeens on the board, right. Dylan, Dylan Cruz. And for me, it was a toss up between both of them, but I was kind of leaning toward Paul Skeens. Mm -hmm. And then I start hearing, Oh, they're, they may be shopping the first pick or they may be looking at some high school kid and Darren, I'm about to, to lose my mind. I'm sitting there <laughs> waiting for the pick, waiting for the pick. And I'm like, oh, please, I, I am going to burn all of my pirates, <laughs> everything, if they do not get one of these guys. And I really wanted Paul Skeen. So what a tremendous surprise for Pittsburgh Pirates management to actually get it right and draft Paul Skeens. Not only yep. did they draft him, they they signed him. They gave him his they money. So thank goodness there is a there's a future, a brighter future than what is going on right now. I'm very excited. It, it I don't know if this is just a fleeting moment, Darren, but I am I'm still relishing in this moment. Paul Skeens, a phenomenal generational talent. And I'm so happy that he went number one and he went to my team. 
and and it it really is a positive thing, especially from a lifelong fan like you are, from looking at it from the the ownership's perspective. Because didn't they pay above the slot, even more that j- just to make sure that they signed him and got him on the roster? That's awesome uh, to me. You know, as somebody that as a Vanderbilt fan has watched administration, you know, throw pennies at things for years. <laughs> I know you understand that from a from a Pirates fan. So to see them say, okay, not only are we going to get this guy, but, but we're going to actually go all in. We're going to do what it takes to get him on the field in a Pirates uniform. That that was awesome. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You got another takeaway from the summer break? I, I do. I've got one more. We talked a little bit about Skip Holtz, and I just got to say, you know, we were on board with the Birmingham Stallions from the very beginning <laughs> from the, in, in, in our second season when we started covering their first season. We were excited about Skip Holtz uh, and and the things that, that we had seen him do in Ruston. So we were excited about that team, and they ended up winning that championship. You know, they started things off right that first year with the game against the, I believe it was the New Jersey Generals. That was an exciting, went back, went down to the last play, or at least the last couple of minutes of the game. And, and, and they've continued that on, and now we saw them in the second season have that exact same dominance, even with the change of quarterback, and win that second championship. That happened uh, in our break. They actually won that second championship, the first repeat champions of a spring league. Uh, and um, I think it's Alex Magoo, his quarterback, uh, the quarterback from the Stallions, has been signed to an NFL team. Uh, so they have just – they have continued their dominance of this iteration of the USFL uh, with Skip Holtz at the helm. But, but it was awesome to see a repeat championship uh, champion and see them – uh, have the season they did and, and and finish it off right. So that was an exciting thing to watch. I was excited about that. If anybody listening has any contact with Skip Holtz, you know, six degrees of separation, you know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody, please, if you can get Skip Holtz on this show, you will make Darren's year. That is accurate. And, and, and hey, we can appeal to him and say it's a YouTube channel now. It's, we're not only a podcast, we're a YouTube channel in addition. So we can audio and video. It's got to be worth something, right? You can't find these cheesy graphics just anywhere. <laughs> you can't find no ears. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> a little levity is good because the my third takeaway is a more serious note. And, and that is how disappointed I was with the ESPN layoffs and how David Pollock was let go. I, I, I know people have to make hard decisions, but to me, David Pollock is so integral to ESPN's college football coverage. He is a, a regular on college game day. He brings incredible insight. Uh, he played the game, a standout linebacker at Georgia, a, an all around great guy, I hated to see this happen to him. He'd been with ESPN since 2009. I always thought he did an outstanding job yeah, whenever absolutely. he was on air. And, and so it, it was one of those disappointing moments, Darren. And I know he'll he'll land somewhere. He, he probably already has. He, yeah. He's an incredible talent. And um, I, I think he would be an asset to any organization. But I was so disappointed when I heard he was one of those layoffs. Disappointed and, and genuinely surprised, like you and I talked about before we started recording. You know, he was such a, a important piece of everything they did with college football, right up through the, the national championship game. Uh, you know, sitting there right beside uh, uh, 
oh man, it's one of those days. Alabama head coach, it's going to get Saban, there. Nick Saban. Nick there Saban. you go. Sitting it's there the heat, Darren. It's the heat. <laughs> it is. You get to one thirteen, you forget everything. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, sitting right beside Saban and saying, "Hey, Georgia's really taking over this thing." But but it, it shows how important a piece of it he was that he was there, sitting there with Saban on that night uh, as a part of that crew. And then to just, you know, months later be let go, really surprising. And, and like you said, very disappointing. And we all have preferences. I realize that. Yeah. And, and this is a matter of opinion, but um, I, I thought he was one of the better ones. So that was, that I was agree. disappointing. I agree completely. So, well, Darren, let's go ahead and, and give our listeners and viewers a, a little bit of more information about where we're going uh, in the upcoming weeks as we get ready for the college college football kickoff. So, so Darren, will you kind of give a rundown of what's happening and how people can get connected? Well, one of the first things we want to do is we want to appeal to, to all of you guys that are passionate uh, SEC football fans, just like we are. Uh, and we are this year. Uh, I, I don't know that we've, we've said this as we started, we are going to cover just the SEC and Texas and Oklahoma. We will not cover the Big 12 in its entirety, but we will cover uh, SEC and Oklahoma as a part of our protest for even just for one more year of them being held hostage by the Big 12. We're going to not acknowledge the Big 12, but acknowledge Texas and Oklahoma as a part of the SEC. So to all of you uh, SEC football fans, including Texas and Oklahoma, we want to get your thoughts on what you think your team season is going to look like this year. So we want you to send in a 90-second video uh, of you telling us what you think your season, and, and it can be 90 seconds to two minutes, but what you think your team season is going to look like. And if you'll send those videos, as you see on the screen, to brewandshavers at gmail.com. That's brewandshavers at gmail.com. Uh, we will get those, and uh, as we do... Uh, kind of a, a preseason uh, a preview uh, of those teams as we work through the SEC over the next few weeks. We will include your thoughts on your team in our video and not only talk about your thoughts or, or, or give our thoughts, but also comment on your thoughts as well and bring you into the conversation. And we want to get as, as many of these as we can. We're really excited. We know we've already got some folks that we've gotten feedback from that are going to be sending us videos, but we're looking for anybody that is a big fan of any team in the SEC and, again, including Texas and Oklahoma. Send those videos to Shavers at gmail.com. Com. And we'd really like to get a video representing every single team. Yes. So, yes. So jump in there. Um, don't worry about if someone else is doing the same same team. We might use no. both. Yeah, absolutely. 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 And we're really excited about this and looking forward to that feedback because we enjoy uh, we enjoy getting that additional pieces of the piece of the conversation in and getting getting you guys thoughts and and, and hearing what you what you think is coming up in this season. It's going to be a fun one, and it, it can't happen too soon. And someone Absolutely. told me today, said, you know, when people hear that college football is almost back, they just get in a better mood. That's right. So it's like there's a psychological effect here. And it's not just college football. Now that NFL preseason has started, this past weekend was our final weekend without football. There mm -hmm. will be something on – of course, uh, that's August 26th, week zero of college football. But 
some form of football will be on going from this point forward. We will, we are now in the football zone. (laughs) And speaking of that, I'm going to start early this year. Support your local high school football team. Go out on Friday nights, support those boys. It's a beautiful time of life that passes so quick for them and they'll never get it back. Mm -hmm. Go out there and be a part of that incredible atmosphere. Did you hear where Sankey actually made a statement that that was an intentional thing by the SEC to not have Friday night football? Uh, because they were, I think it maybe was in the conversation about ESPN and having the exclusive rights. Uh, but he said, you know, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and even not even really Wednesday, but Thursdays, Saturdays. Uh, but we we don't have any intention of, of playing at this point of playing Friday night football. I, I thought that was pretty awesome. Immediately thought of you when I heard it. But <laughs> best best commissioner in college football right there. And uh, he's the guy. <laughs> what that shows, Darren, is an understanding of the culture in which your conference is based. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. You know, from from every high school stadium around the South is going to be packed on a Friday night. You're going to have people there to watch the football team. You're going to have people there to watch the marching Mm -hmm. band, people there to watch the cheerleaders, the dance line. Everybody comes together. Communities are brought together in that moment. And that's what makes it such a a beautiful moment. Yeah, absolutely. Agree completely. I can't wait. Me neither. Very excited. And I, and I hope you find your ear. It keeps disappearing. Uh, Oh, At least it alternates, you know, so either, (laughs) either ear could come back at any moment. So, (laughs) Hey, thanks so much for tuning in, whether you're listening to us or you're watching us on our YouTube channel, remember to subscribe on, on our YouTube channel at Bruin Shavers Sports. We'd love to have you. We'd love to have your feedback. Feel free to uh, follow us on social media, to make comments, to send us messages. We love to interact with you. We appreciate your support so much as we begin season three, and we look forward to another great college football season together with you. So thank you for watching. New episodes drop every Tuesday at 6 a.m. And until next week, y'all take care. Have a great week. Thank you for making the Brew and Shaver Sports Podcast your go-to sports show. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our show if you haven't already. Your feedback is so important. Let us know what you think about this week's show. Send an email to brewandshavers at gmail.com or a text to our text line 318-390-3599. We look forward to hearing from you. Thank you again for listening to the Brew and Shavers Sports Podcast. See you next week.